I already I want to take that back. Just a yeah, second ago off mic, I said there's not a lot of plot. To I was just about here. to challenge you on that. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot of reiterating plot, mm -hmm. but there are uh, tweaks. There are millions of tweaks. There's a million little tweaks, and then a whole shift at the very end. Like then there's. Oh a... man, that really caught me off guard. That yeah, I wow. I almost want to lead with that, but I think we probably shouldn't. Um. Let's just let's get right into it. Let's get let's get right into this intro. Let's dive um, into this oh. sweet little boy. <laughs> uh, welcome welcome to Pizza Dust. This is a podcast about uh, middle grade and YA novels and the TV and movie adaptations thereof. Uh, my name is Christy. My name is Phil. And this has not been adapted yet. <laughs> not that yet. We know of. Fingers crossed. Fingers strongly <laughs> crossed. Uh, we're continuing our Twilight series with a book I was not aware of until we decided to read it. You were not aware of it until you were a good portion of the way through a different book. Yeah, uh, there was a miscommunication here and I started reading Midnight Sun, which is the mm -hmm. chronologically, like in order of her having written them, this comes before the release of Midnight Sun, I believe. Right, right. Because in the forward, which I did really enjoy, the most endearing forward I've ever read... She says so, something about her mother is disappointed that the book she's releasing is not Midnight Sun. <laughs> right. Uh, what is this book, though? This book is called Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined. Mm -hmm. And the cover art is a hand presenting a green apple, which is very good. Uh, is the reimagining that there is some sort of Granny Smith added as a character? <laughs> the reimagining is... What if Twilight, but boy person and girl vampire? <laughs> what if Twilight, but boy... Yes, that's... It, but not only that, what if B Twilight, but some characters also boy instead of girl, some characters girl instead of boy, but not all characters? No, there are two notable exceptions. Mm -hmm. uh, but most everyone has been gender swapped, and this really just feels like a thought exercise that Stephanie Meyer thought would be fun. I am going to disagree with you, but I feel like we might disagree on a lot of things. In this I think episode. we do. Uh, I think you think you value this project more highly than I do. I do think uh, having worked with writers mm -hmm. a lot, because I, I work at a literary agency where I help writers revisit their old texts and make them new in the form of ebooks. It is very hard for a writer to look at something they did a while ago and not make a million edits to yeah. it. And I will consistently tell them, please don't do this <laughs> because this is going to hurt you and me and your sales uh, because we'll, this will take forever and we'll have a lot more back and forth. But I understand uh, it seems like she's a, like very interested in tightening up the writing making the writing, dare I say, better. Uh, and also just doing some interesting things with it because uh, the idea is essentially, let's prove that Twilight is not... Uh, I mean, one of the ideas she states in the forward, Stephanie Meyer says, well, uh, she wants to demonstrate that Bella was not a damsel in distress and a lot of the reactions uh, that Bella has would be exactly the same were she a boy. Yes. Uh, yeah, it seems like it started as an, it seems, yeah, it seems like it started as like a challenge and ended up being her right to, in my, from my perception, ended up being her writing a version of Twilight that she thought she was writing the first time. Uh, mm. because a lot of the stuff that makes the first book so weird and wonky and why are we supposed to like these characters She's just gotten rid of that. But while keeping the characters essentially the same, there's like the big instance, the big example I have is in the first book, Edward is constantly angry. He's just angry at Bella seemingly the entire time. And it's like she's now a deft enough writer to go, I can still have the vampire behave in this way, but not make them just seem like a, a scary jerk. 
and instead make them seem like a torn individual who's worried about another person. Like, I don't know. I think she's just become a better writer in the years between the two. When, when was this book published? Oh, it was recent is the thing. Like within the last few years. Uh, uh, 2015. That's even more recent than I realized. 2015. Uh, last few years. Uh, last 10 years, I guess, because we, because time is moving forward at a rate that we cannot fathom. Uh, yeah, last few years. 2015. Yeah, the last few years. This is nine years ago. No, that is not as recent as I, I thought. I think she might have written the foreword and the edition I read later. That mm. feels right, because I remember that date seeming much closer than 2015. Uh no harm, no foul. She developed a lot between those two times. Yeah. Like, um, uh, should we talk about Beauregard? So, yes. So we have our two leads. Uh, our, our narrator is Bo, Beauregard Swan. Uh, it's a choice. It's a choice of a name. I personally thought she should Wait, no, just... no. Beaufort. I'm oh, sorry. Beaufort. I got it sorry, right. Yes. It's calling him. Uh, the, that's the name of the Muppet that I consistently forget the name of. <laughs> I always know it because of B and then eventually yell Beauregard when I get to it. But yeah, it's because the reason I said Beauregard is because that is a slightly more normal name than Beaufort. Uh, which is interesting because I think of that name as Beaufort. Uh, right. I, that's how I've heard it pronounced, but it's obviously pronounced Beaufort. Yes, because his name is not Bu. His name is Bo. His name is Bo, but he is uh, uh, rightfully uh, humiliated by having this name. He does not. Yeah, care he for hates this it. Name. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he is still uh, still the son of police chief Charlie and mother uh, free spirit fly by the seat of her pants Renee. These are the characters that were not gender swapped. The explanation that Stephanie Meyer gives confuses me a little bit. Yeah. It's about who would or would not gotten custody of a child born in 1987, but it doesn't really, like, it doesn't fully scan. Uh, I actually think it would have been very interesting to swap the genders of the parents yeah. as well. Uh, it feels a little unnatural when Bo says that his mother is his best friend because we don't really see that backed up the way we do with Bella and her mother but i don't have an issue like that strong of an issue with it i think his and charlie's interactions they did not need to be changed at all because uh bella and charlie don't have a particularly uh cushy really or like soft relationship and, and i and like the way they interact renee doesn't really come into play as a character until the second and third books so no she's not really in this book at all right as she's not in twilight at all she just she's she's there as a as a voice recording mostly at the very end yes uh uh she is a plot device but not uh but plot device positive like that is not a critique uh she is being used by another character as we saw in twilight that all uh, most of that plot is roughly the same. There's some cosmetic changes as far as like, I mean, all the friends are gender swapped. Uh, all the Cullens are gender swapped. Uh, some of the name choices are questionable. But uh, what I appreciated is that she's like, you know, the strong vampire is still the strong vampire and the psychic vampire is still the psychic vampire. We're not changing any of that. Uh, but it doesn't just... It doesn't just come across as she just slapped on a new name and had a day. She went out of her way to be like, no, these are slightly different characters who respond to the world differently because of their genders or the way their gender is perceived uh, mm-hmm. by the outside. And I was like, oh, okay, Stephanie Meyer, I, I, like, you put in the work to, to, to legitimately switch things up. Yeah, there are ways in which Bo reacts to Edith. By the way, uh, Edward's name is now Edith, and I don't hate this just because, like, because of how it's spelled, that sells me. It is (laughs) E-D-Y-T-H-Y-E, and this is this is silly enough for me that I can move forward with it. Like, I'm good. Uh, You 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 added a Y. Is there? Oh, this just T H E. Yeah, it's E D Y T H E. So yeah, but it's still like. It get, it lends it that old world charm. 
What what I like about it is initially it's being spelled the traditional way Edith is spelled. Then uh, Bo finds out and it changes in the text, which yes. is fun. It's... Uh, uh, and, and she pretty much is Edith from uh, All in the Family. She pretty much is Archie <laughs> Bunker's wife. Well, there are ways in which he reacts to her uh uh, that like I think the most the consistent most interesting thing to me happening here is that Bo feels emasculated by having such a strong girlfriend sometimes. But it's interesting. So you say emasculated. He's more. I mean, I read it as more. He's he's very taken with and Im- and impressed by her. Oh, uh, definitely. Like when he has to ride on her back. That's he's the like, one. Well, he's like, I'm not really concerned about riding on your back so much as how am I going to fit on your back? Not are you strong enough, but I am so much bigger than you because he's he's constantly referred to as a very tall boy. He's very tall. And he's, she is petite. He's really tall. He's clumsy again. He's a bad athlete again. Mm-hmm. It's one of these things where this happened to my brothers consistently because they were about uh, they measure between 6'3 and 6'5 any given day. They're very tall boys. Uh, they're boys. They're in their 40s now. But uh, when they were kids, they're asked all the time if they played basketball. And that's a very bow thing. Like, that's very like, yeah. oh, you're tall. Therefore, you must be an athlete of some kind, probably in a sport where your height benefits you. They're often not. <laughs> it's not always the case. What what I find engaging about this version of the story, and it, I don't think it's I don't think it's just the gender swap. I think it's Stephanie Meyer. I think it's the way she approached the characters in this one and the way she wrote them. Uh, in Twilight, Bella is portrayed as being a, a you know a girl who's clearly very attractive, but who just is kind of has a low self esteem, doesn't think very highly of herself, never thought of herself, never really dated. Uh, Bo, on the other hand, clearly doesn't think of himself as attractive, uh, and has never seemed to have any interest in girls. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it, there's a dividing line there between him and Bella where he's like, n- people will ask him if he's ever dated. And it comes across more as like, I just, I, I never, I'm not, I'm just not the kind of, I just don't think about girls in that way. And Edith is portrayed as not so much aloof as someone who's, just never given a thought to a romantic interest in anyone to the degree yeah. where this feels almost like a queer romance once they start getting physical or mm-hmm. em- em- emotionally engaged with each other. I was like, I, I feel like I'm reading a queer text, even though it's a boy and a girl, because he comes across as very thinking of himself as very asexual and she comes across as literally just not having any carnal interest in anyone. There's a throwaway line about how she could be with a woman, mm-hmm. uh, but she doesn't. She's not interested in that either, which uh, makes me think like, in another world, maybe this character is sexually fluid. Yeah. Uh, such as it is, she just hasn't found anyone. This is this is gonna be weird, but this reminded me a bit, in a non-evil way. Of how uh, Snow feels mm. about romantic partners in uh, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yes. How he doesn't understand why that's something anyone is interested in until he meets Lucy Gray. It, it, it reminds me of, it reminded me a lot of, of the things that had been sort of dropped in the later Twilight novels. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the fact that the vampires and I remember reading in the first Twilight novel, there's this uneasy sense the whole time of is Bella really attracted to Edward or is he just is that just his vampire glamour? Like you are attracted to these people because they're predators and that's how they get you to come close. And I remember feeling that way in Twilight. I was like, ooh, is this a thing where like she's not actually att- is he like manipulating her? And that's sort of called out a bit more in this book. Uh, mm-hmm. not in a negative way, but just your uh, Bo is sort of like, I, I, I don't know what, I don't really understand what's going on. Uh, and they also talk a bit more frankly about sex in this book. They do. They do. And in part, this is, uh, influenced by his friends being a little gross. Yeah. Uh, asking like what base he's gotten to that sort of thing. Um, 
And this is by virtue of him just being a teenage boy, so that's, that kind of talk is going to happen, even if he's not feeling it. But also, like, him figuring out... At one point, he says, I didn't know what my type was, but I guess it was, like, all of the things that she is. And it's true, they talk about they talk about sex very quickly. Mm. Yeah. Like, they... Because... And they go... It's not explicit or anything. But... But it is more detailed, and it happens much faster. The pace of everything is accelerated here. Well, I like that Stephanie Meyer was like, this boy is in bed with a girl, much like Bella and Edward. Mm-hmm. She lays on top of him, uh, and he has a very obvious physical reaction <laughs> to her laying on top of him. And she comments on it, and they go from there. It's not explicit, like you said, but it's, oh, you can't get around this conversation now. Like, Edward doesn't respond physiologically to Bella Right. Because he's so in control of everything. Presumably he's in control of everything. Uh, <laughs> but Bo is not. And and so she's like, all right, let's get this out of the way now. And it's those little nudges. It's kind of like the better Marvel what if books. Where mm, like mm-hmm. the ones that are really well done and you're like, okay, what if this happened? What little pieces would fall into place in different ways? And that's what this is. Like, eventually you start, like you said, the timeline starts getting compressed because things are moving along faster because Bella and or Bo and Edith are more open with each other. Like, they're a little more frank. And so their relationship moves along a little more smoothly. It feels less like a gothic romance and more like just a YA novel. It's a very YA romance. And... Uh, this is a thing that you'll run into uh, when we'll talk about with Midnight Sun. There's a bit more detail of the kinds of conversations they have. I think a lot more of tw- like, yes, we have plenty of Bo internal monologue here, but I think she pulls out more conversations between Bo and Edith. Yeah. And the, when things are severely changed, like the things that you that she had to change by necessity of him being a boy not a girl uh like the port angelus like he is in danger and he needs to be saved by edith that one is so different and to me there it was so much more detailed and visceral Mm -hmm. uh i think also in part because it wasn't the potential of sexual violence which she didn't want to go into too deeply this way it could be more like oh bo had a gun pulled on him and we need to know how mad that made edith well they also have to set up the people who pull the gun on him at the beginning <laughs> of the novel, he's getting off the plane or whatever, and he bumps into someone who's like, hey, watch where you're going. And later on, he runs into those people who assume that because he was with the chief of police, he must be an undercover cop. <laughs> but he's also really tall. So, yeah. And he's like, what, he's a junior in high school? He probably yeah. doesn't look that young. Oh, Bo's main difference, uh, aside from the obvious uh physically from bella's he has blue eyes <laughs> that's right he has and blue it's eyes. way more of a loss than when his eyes turn red he's They'll also never be blue again he's also a bit more of a nerd uh he is a bit a uh bit... he describes some novelty t-shirts he wears and all of them sound really cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a bit of a geek uh he he i mean okay so cards on the table. I'm reading this book and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see why I like this book a lot because it's me. Like it's me. There I am yeah. as a high school kid, like on the page, like a geeky kid who doesn't think of himself as attractive, who is just enamored of this cute girl. Like it, I was like, yeah, obviously. Whereas you know, young girls would have been enamored of Edward and Bella's relationship. I'm like, no, I totally see. <laughs> A relationship I had in school in this, like the girl who's way more out of my league for no reason that I can think of taking an interest in me. Like when that so happens. Was, yeah. Yeah. It's this magic. Is one of the things I found more convincing than I find in Twilight. There is no reason for every boy to be tripping all over himself for Bella, aside from her being pretty. Mm. And we know she's pretty. Like she talks around it, but we know that she's beautiful. But she doesn't go out of her way in any way to be charming. Bo is the kind of boy I would have had a crush on. He's 
kind. Uh, he is polite. He's a little, he, like, he's pretty quiet, but he is willing to engage in conversation with any girl at any social strata. Yeah. And he just kind of falls into friendships uh, without, uh, seemingly without trying. And when Michaela, who is the gender-swapped Mike Newton, is kind to him, he just sees it as, oh, these people are so friendly. So, of course, he treats her the same way and she takes it as interest. Like, every time he interacts with a girl, I'm thinking, oh, you're digging yourself deeper, boy. (laughs) This this girl is imagining your life together. (laughs) To the point where he has to call off a prom date in a very wonderfully dramatic way. This is my single favorite scene in the book. (laughs) So where the Tyler substitute... Uh, Taylor, he is just very sick of uh, her pursuing him and asserting that they're going to prom, her already having bought a dress and everything. So he, yes, dramatically like teen soap opera style, turns her down in front of everyone, says she's using him like a pawn uh, because she's obviously really interested in, uh, is like Lanny? Lloyd? <laughs> Somebody with an L. <laughs> Something with an L. Uh, uh... Leanne? Leanne? <laughs> it's a man. <laughs> uh, Lee? Uh, it's a boy. I... <laughs> I'm trying to... I have a chart here of all the names. It, but they it are truly al- doesn't matter what his name they is. They are in what... alphabetical order, which does not help. <laughs> what matters is this works. Uh, yes. And immediately before... This is the day that uh, Edith is asking him all kinds of mundane questions about himself because Edith wants to know everything about him. And he points out she hasn't asked about his most embarrassing moment yet. And then he goes and does that. (laughs) And it's not embarrassing at all. It's actually very fun and cool and a good thing that he does that made me laugh. Yeah, he's a good judge of character. Uh, He's not moody. None of the characters in this are moody. They're not dark. Mm -mm. Uh, they, uh, even Edith is, she's not, she's not like a manic pixie dream girl. She's more no. like, she's more like the girl from let the right one in. She's more like, she's, <laughs> she is, she's intimidating, but not, she's not necessarily scary unless she really wants to be. And it does happen once or twice, but mm. she is approachable enough to bow despite her beauty. Cause, uh, we don't change their, I mean, like. All of the Cullens, like, coloring, all of their aesthetics are the same. It's just opposite gender. Uh, which is very interesting, I think, with Eleanor, who is Emmett. Because all we know of Emmett is that he is, like, a barrel-chested, like, buff dude. And the equivalent of that in a girl is going to be, like... I was going to cite a video game, which I don't think translates for <laughs> everybody, but uh, Abby in The Last of Us Part Two, like, mm. the thing about her is that she's, like ripped but it is it's still a like a way where it looks like you're a woman who goes to the gym a lot but you're not masculine you're just very like very sturdy and uh, that was to me the most interesting among the cullen family certainly uh obviously we we do get no spoilers yet but we do get most of their backstories unlike we are gonna we're gonna have to spoil because of the big (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, twist. but not just yet. But we do get most of their backstories, which all had to be reconfigured because mm-hmm. most of the backstories in the Twilight series are historic and are based in very gendered like roles. So it wouldn't make mm-hmm. a lot of sense for so and so to be, say, a Civil War soldier uh, if they were a <laughs> woman. Uh, but I think Meyer does a good job at. At using that to her advantage, storytelling advantage. So, for instance, Carlisle isn't just a doctor. Carlisle, oh, what's what's her name? Uh, Kareen has to be like a like a like a battlefield nurse for a while. Yeah, a nurse. I I really liked how this was reworked. Yeah, and I and again, I think it's a lot of it's just Stephanie Myers had the time. To be like, man, if I could go back and simplify some things, clean up some of the connections between characters, clarify a few things, uh, and I could just do it all in one book, that would be so nice. And then she gets this opportunity. She kind of writes what I assume is closer to the original concept she had. Because originally Twilight was one book, and then it was two books. And then they were like, nope, we need it to be a lot more books. 
Uh, so what I'm seeing here is kind of a compression probably of of uh, Twilight and what was Breaking Dawn originally called? Uh, oh, I don't remember. Nearing Dawn or something. And it was and it was uh, those two books. And I assume this is more of a compression of spoilers. This is basically Twilight and Breaking Dawn if you mashed them together and yeah. got it over with. Minus, uh, minus a lot of the back half of Breaking Dawn. Right. Uh there's something she points out uh, in the afterword, and I do like that she kind of roasts herself for having both a forward and an afterword, but I appreciate both of them because I think they're very interesting. In the afterword, she says a few things uh, like that she wasn't able to touch on, like, is the Volturi in this book uh, perhaps like a kinder, actually like more just ruling council? Uh, and she says she thinks that is a strong possibility because she doesn't even like she doesn't have to go into the Volturi because uh, there's no um, there's no half human, half vampire child. So no one can be accused of being an immortal child. There's also no treaty breaking, which becomes very important in the last few pages. And there is also another Volturi member named Melee who is not in twilight or any of the books in twilight but is a story who has the ability to absorb the other vampires powers like rogue uh (laughs) who's only touched on but it's one of those things where like i feel like they dropped in this character to sort of justify why things are different like yeah things have gone in a slightly different direction historically we have obviously all the genders are swapped so you know, except for a few of the, except for a few of the Volturi, which is interesting. Uh, we're just, we're yeah, in a, that was a little odd. we're in a parallel uh, world where things have gone different for some reason. And when that happens, we're allowed to be like, okay, maybe even, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, David Lynch ended up directing Return of the Jedi in this world. We <laughs> don't know. Maybe he had more time to work on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was given to he was given dude in the seventies for some reason. Maybe and... Yodorowsky's Dune was finished. I just like to think of everything uh, in maybe uh, maybe Dune two was released a year earlier, like it was supposed to be. I you know, I like to think that everything is structured around what was happening in the world of Dune adaptations. I also think this book is still set when Twilight was set. It is. It yeah. is. There's not a lot of smartphones or anything like that. No, there's that. too many is... references to CDs. Yes. So this is still this is a historic novel at this point. She's <laughs> she's writing she's writing historical fiction. Uh I did like finding out that Bo was born the year I was. That was cool for me. <laughs> good. You could have known him. You could have gone to school with she him. She just drafted uh Bo was born in 1987. It's a good Neat. thing. It's a good thing you did not go to school with him because then he wouldn't have ended up with Edith. <laughs> Yeah, I would not have been brave enough to approach this boy, even though he's a, <laughs> a silly little guy. Uh, so the plot is the same, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the like talking about it more because I read it and I mean, and it, while I was reading it, I wasn't loving it. But I think that's in large part because it was very hard for me to not just visualize Twilight, even Mm. with the new names. Like, it's just hard because I've been too close to the material lately. I think what I'm coming around to is this book is very uh, The Boren legacy to me, in as much as I enjoy it, but I don't think it needs to exist. (laughs) But what does, like, what does sort of justify it for me is the last, it's not quite quarter of it, but the third act is so different and you get so much different uh, material, like the condensed backstories, the conflict with the wolves being completely uh, separate, uh, and the transformation uh, being like brief but brutal the way it is. Yeah. So, so, so this all yeah. hinges on five minutes of time. Um, yes. <laughs> what if? What if the Bella character, Bo, uh, was five minutes? like earlier mm-hmm. in in running away at the end uh than than Bella was. Well how would that affect the timeline? And the way it affects the timeline is he gets to the dance studio early, gets bitten a little earlier, which means that essentially Edith is five minutes too late to save his life from the vampire bite. Mm-hmm. And they're forced to just facilitate the transformation of him right then and there which 
saves us so much hand-wringing about <laughs> whether or not this kid should turn into a vampire. What fascinated me is watching these characters who are so well-established be forced into that situation. What if Edward had been forced to just deal with Bella becoming a vampire? I feel like it would have gone something like this. this you get to watch three books of angst just compressed into a diamond like it, uh, with so much pressure <laughs> and watching Edith just have to go through this but also watch the other vampires care for uh, another person who's going through this painful transformation as opposed to them being distracted by a baby being born by the wolves coming by the Volturi coming it's just what if they just had to be a family and shepherd a kid through this horrible like life situation and I was just like Congratulations, Stephanie Meyer. You did it. <laughs> well, she's, yeah, she's fully surrounded, or he's fully surrounded by the Cullen family the entire time this is going. Uh, I do want to point out that Edith is just cooler than Edward. Well, like, yeah. She's just a cool girl. And there is some bit of cool girl archetype to her, but not, no, but just in the way that she is too, too much for uh, everyone else in the school. Like she can't fit with them. I like the I like that she and Archie, who's Alice's uh, gender swap, have more of a friendship. It seems a little less like him being annoyed by a kid sister, and a little bit more like their pals. And this scene is very uh, tender among all of them. You still have the same tension between, in this case, Royal and Bo. Royal. You see you with Rosalie. I know. <laughs> I know. You see, with uh, Rosalie and Bella, uh, it's so nice that it just gets, it's not like the beef gets squashed entirely, but it is, you don't have to deal with right. the tortured relationship that they have. Also, I think if this had happened, the original Twilight, Edward would not have handled it as well as Edith does. Because Edith is just on it. Like, she's yeah. like, yep, this is what has to happen. I don't have to agonize over this for hundreds and hundreds of pages. I'm going to turn my boyfriend into a vampire while he's still 17. And now we will be the same age forever. I, uh, I appreciate there's a, there's a, there's a more, a greater focus on, and she doesn't really follow through with this, but it got me thinking a lot more, which is, is Bo's ability related to the fact that he attracts danger they keep bringing that up a lot more he attracts danger he's always in danger but it doesn't seem so cliche in this as maybe that's his power like maybe <laughs> he's a magnet for danger but that's what brings the vampires to him that's what brings all the situation to a head and that's what causes him to have to transform like he's just he's a he's a danger magnet uh fortunately because there doesn't seem to be any kind of rules with the Volturi. Uh, we don't have to deal with like them having a big standoff or anything, uh, but we do have the wolves. We haven't mentioned uh, 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 the Jacob. Uh, Jules. Yeah. I mean, Julia Black. Julie Black, who's just like a little a little kid. Yeah, she feels younger than Jacob does even at the beginning, uh, but she's also a cool girl yeah. not not like she's very friendly she's very outgoing but also she's like rides a motorcycle yeah it's like a cool gal and uh her mother bonnie black has the same talk uh with Bo about how uh he should be careful uh and not and stay away from the cullens i think when this is the this is one of the cooler uh, gender dynamics to me because it comes across as much more maternal mm -hmm. and caring when Bonnie does it than when Billy does it, which feels a touch more threatening. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe that's fair. Maybe that's not fair from a gender perspective. But Oh, I... no. And there are things here and there where I'm like, I don't know if I love this, but I do find it interesting. Well, uh, it, it also means that the wolf... Pack, well, this the the Quileutes in general are a matrilineal society mm -hmm. uh, because all the men are now women, and yeah. uh, and all the wolves are now presumably all the wolves are are most yeah. Women. Sam is pack leader, but Sam is Samantha, which is a that's a nice thing that she can do. Doesn't have to change <laughs> anything over for that. Um, 
Do you think Charlie and Bonnie are going to get together in this eventually? Because I kind of do. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like, it feels like she was planting the seeds for that, just so we knew. Yes. Oh, when I and I hope so, because Charlie is going to need somebody to hang on to, because this book also ends in a in a in a in a way that makes sense, but in a way that's very dark. Uh, I kind of hated that. I not because I think it's bad storytelling. I don't think this is badly written, but it means that the last interaction that Charlie and Bo have mm-hmm. is the fight that Bo has to inside not fight, but like Bo has to do the storming out and saying he's leaving. He really hates Forks. Uh, he never gets to talk to Charlie again after that. Yeah, because he's a vampire, and they. <laughs> fake find his out. death they fake his death <laughs> they kill someone presumably they have a corpse probably <laughs> uh that they that they put into the truck and then smash it up and burn it up and it's assumed that it's that it's bow so that really he can, rough but he also huck fins himself and watches his own funeral yeah why does he do that uh because it's awesome because who gets a chance to do that vampires <laughs> yeah he watches his own funeral uh i think kareen and oh all of the cullens except mm-hmm. edith go. uh edith doesn't uh and they say it's because she is too distraught to go out in public and it's and we do get to see him be the world's most in control newborn like we do with bella it's yeah. in a different context but but it but it happens and it's and it's I think done as well as they did in Breaking Dawn. It's fascinating like to to watch everyone just be kind of like, oh, you're handling this remarkably well, sir. I think it's a little better uh, because he doesn't immediately have like a special power. That's uh, true. Like they don't they aren't able to parse that out uh, if he is a shield or if he is a danger magnet. We don't get that yeah. explored because the story cuts off too quickly uh, because instead of immediately like bringing us into a Volturi conflict or involving like heavily involving the kid imprinting and all that uh we have a conflict with the wolves yeah yeah which is (laughs) go ahead Uh, that's uh, i mean they they think the treaty has been broken right uh but Bo is a witness for it like he witnesses for on his own behalf He's like, well, actually, this had to happen, and it didn't happen here. <laughs> yeah. Would you say they get off on a technicality here? I would say they do. Like, I, I, I feel, I feel like the like as in the original series, I feel like the wolves don't want this conflict. Everyone appreciates no, absolutely the Collins. Like people like yeah. the Collins. The the the, the Quilly leaders like the Collins. Fine. It's just this old treaty. They don't want to have to enact any of this. And it really wasn't their fault because uh, we do have the three interlopers. It's basically the same exact thing, only the genders oh, are yeah. swapped. Laurent is uh, Lauren. <laughs> Those feel like some of the laziest ones. Can I express my disappointment that, that they did not change Bella to Bello? I think that would have been... <laughs> I think it would have been appropriate just to name him Bello Swan. Um, uh, this was uh, the same joke uh, Jake, who I watched the third one with, made when I said that they gender swap Bella. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's like when my friend said that Mama Mia too should have been called Papa Pia, but <laughs> uh, oh, Italian man. language is fun. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, and then you end with there's a whole thing where he's changing, and they ask him. Is this okay? Is it okay for us to let you? Like we have, it still has to be somewhat of his choice, even if, again, it's kind of a technicality. <laughs> is it excruciating pain? Uh, but there's a, there's a, there, just like in the original story, there is this strong sense of, of the strong moral sense of you have to, we can't, we can't control people's lives. We can't decide mm-hmm. who lives, who dies, and who becomes a vampire. That's not up to us. And uh, so even though Edith feels a lot of guilt about, this Bo goes takes goes to great pains to reassure her like no this is 
this is okay. I'm okay with this life. And I'm mostly just happy that I can spend all my life with you. Uh, yeah. I I love you, and they say I love you to each other a lot, uh, as only seventeen year olds uh, can. He's <laughs> uh, he is more willing to give up an "I love you" than Edward ever was, and it's a big deal the first time uh, she says it just outright, uh, yeah. rather than saying like the all the more cryptic like "You are my life now" and that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess because Stephanie Meyer isn't writing a grand romance this time, which is very much what mm-hmm. Twilight is. It not to fault it at all. But Twilight is a is a gothic romance mm-hmm. uh, with like these like brooding dark characters and a lot of shadows. And even in the movie, we think of the movie, we think of Edward like a lot of dark stares and like very serious. She goes the entire different direction with this one. So mm-hmm. these are just a couple of kids. And even though Bella or not Bella, uh, even though Edith was bored in the early 20th century and uses a little old, uh, older language. Uh, she feels a lot more like she's a she's a girl who had to come up in the 20th century. Like, so she's a lot tougher in that way. She feels more youthful in a lot of ways. Uh, a little, a little more jokey jokey, mm-hmm. uh, which I like. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of things about her that make her a more pleasant <laughs> presence wow. than Edward. Uh, I don't feel the same way about some of the Cullens. I do like Jessamine or Jessamine, uh, the Jasper. Oh, yeah. Uh, in part because it takes longer for Bo to kind of figure out Jasper's whole deal. And I like that. I like that he, like, she's a little more, I mean, Jasper's also reserved, but we figure out, uh, why that is eventually in the books. Is, uh, it's, uh, Jasper's back, or Jasmine's backstory is a little bit easier to swallow than Jasper's. Because of the lack of the Confederacy involvement. <laughs> right. Um, and I just, I mean, I really like the interactions between Jessamine and Archie. Uh, yes. Also, like, yeah. uh, the, again, like, I think it's funny that Emmett is now a girl and therefore has to be a very different kind of bruiser. I like that, uh, that, that Kareen's story involves her father having been a a vampire hunter. Yeah. Uh he's a vampire hunter and then a vampire and a minister. Yes, a vampire. He finds them to be abominations. Like a very a very like Mike Mignola character. Like a very like <laughs> like from the universe of Hellboy is this like sort of like righteous priest or minister who whose own daughter is changed into a vampire before his eyes like as a final mm-hmm. punishment to watch her have have to watch her transform. She goes into the sewers and becomes this sort of because she learned this sort of moral life from her father, like refuses to become the very monsters he hunted. I think that's a fascinating story. <laughs> I think Korean story translates really well to her being a woman. Yeah. I think uh Ernest is also interesting because like we get we never get a lot of Esma. This is always this is always going to be one of my complaints about the books and the movies to an even greater extent there's nothing there for Esma. Ernest feels more drawn out like in part because Korean story is more interesting and therefore uh him saving or her saving this man mm-hmm. who's thrown himself because also it feels I don't know I think the woman throws self off cliff uh it feels more cliche than this does there's something very jarring about him casually saying oh no I was committing suicide like yeah. that's what I was doing uh unfortunately of course we don't get a renesme uh we That's okay <laughs> would it have been like re, re, like which would it have been based on Renfield re, re, just name it Renfield <laughs> no, it would have been a little boy named okay. Renfield. That would have been amazing. <laughs> it was because it can't be Ernest if it's name if you're naming it after the moms. <sighs> Re- it would still be Renee. Renee Karen. It's and... <laughs> just Karen. Uh, because what's her name? Uh, Kareen. Kareen. No, it'd be Renee and Kareen. So Renine, or maybe st- keep Ernest, and it could be Renernest. <laughs> Look, there are so many bad directions you could take it. Oh, but no, it would have to be the fathers because okay. it's a boy. So, so then we be... have Charlie and Ernest, and I just uh... Chernist. It's Chern. It's the little boy Chernist. 
the most beautiful vampire baby. Uh, Sorry, I just have so many ideas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still mad we did not get a Charlisle. So yeah, no vampire baby. Uh, No no treaty broken. No ill will with the wolves. Uh, No Jacob. Like, just and, no ro- love triangle. And we don't ever see uh, Julie as... We, we see a, a, a character who we know is Julie because we know as readers mm-hmm. that this is definitely her, but Bo never recognizes Julie as... He just he sees a girl pushing Bonnie around in her chair, but she's so much taller. She's really tall and, and striking, but he just doesn't... It never registers to him that that's his friend Julie because she's not much of a part of the story. It's never, there's never really an attraction or anything. Like, he recognizes that she's a cute girl, but that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. Um, And he still falls in some tide pools. He does fall in tide pools. I really want, remember when uh, when uh, Fiona and Cake was created for yeah. Adventure Time? And then the people were just like, oh, wait, this kind of works on its own as its own separate thing. And then they did, like, a few offshoots and they had their own comic book series. I really want to explore this twilight world as well like i want to see like what happens now like okay so the cool cullens are going to stick around for a couple more years so that their kids can graduate and then they'll move off to alaska or wherever i kind of want to see like who are the volturi what are they like what i want more of this universe and then like when the ghostbusters and the 2016 ghostbusters crossed over in the in the comics because there was a rent in realities. I want that to happen. And I want them to be like, whoa, you're Bella? That doesn't make any sense. I'm Bo. I want that moment. I mostly just want to meet the Alaskans. <laughs> I guess oh, that could happen. I would find the, no, I'd find the Alaskans so much more interesting. Uh, because it, for one thing, I'm not sure they would have pushed the Tanya was really into edward thing the same way they would with right. the guy because that feels more aggressive <laughs> and, and who, in fact bad who plays the lee pace character oh who plays any of the nomads it'd have to be someone from my high school every though. one of them so uh, i guess it'd be lynn collins lynn collins would play the lee pace character she's done some major hollywood movies <laughs> i was watching eileen last night okay uh, three out of five stars pretty good um and I think Thomas and Mackenzie would play Jane now if we were making uh, Twilight movies. Just a thought I had. <laughs> uh, uh, so where do we? So where do we stand? So what did you think at the end of the day of Life and Death? I think I thought this was all right. I thought it was probably a lot of. I thought it was probably a lot of fun for Stephanie Meyer to do, and I understand why she wanted to do it. I like Bo. I like Edith a lot. Uh, I like Edith more than I like Edward in the first book, certainly. Uh, I don't think this needed to exist, but I have no issue with it being out there. I had a lot of fun reading, uh, reader reactions afterward. Mm. Um, and it actually like the thing, the one that stuck in my head, cause I was reading about it on Reddit specifically, uh, because that is a dedicated space where people love Twilight. So it's more fun to read yeah. people who like it already than like, you know, people who love to hate Twilight cause it's funny. haha. There was a comment that it was like, it led with, I'm not sure how I felt with this. Uh, like that was the, basically the master post. And then one of the comments said, I'm a guy. I liked this more. Like yeah. it was very straightforward. Like I like the male perspective. I thought it was more interesting. I felt the same way about Midnight Sun. And I was like, huh. Funny how hey, that Maybe works. that's why this isn't vibing as hard for me. Well, for me, uh... you liked it. I think it's my favorite Twilight novel. Uh, I also think it's one of my favorite YA novels. Wow. It really rang true for me. I think it's a good... It's a, I The whole time I was reading it, I was like, how would this work if you just presented this book to someone who had no knowledge of Twilight? Or like, here's an interesting book called Life and Death. Give it a read. So I tried to like sort of see it from that perspective. Like, do you need this background in Twilight to get this book or to appreciate this book. I don't think you do. I think it's just a good book with a male protagonist who is not aggressive, who is a good boyfriend. Like he's a, (laughs) he's very respectful of the boundaries set by his girlfriend. Like this is 
feels like a much more like it's two kids feeling each other out and kind of getting to know each other. And as I said before, it kind of plays as a queer text in the sense that they find themselves attracted to someone who they didn't think they would would be within their wheelhouse. And mm -hmm. how, how do their families react to that? Well, they have to pretend to die is how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like to come back to it when I've had some distance from Twilight. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. my problem is I just kept... I, sometimes I would get confused, which yeah. I know is like more is probably more my fault than anything. Oh else. no, I needed but... this chart. Okay, <laughs> At time, I was like, "Who is Jessamine?" I was just like, "I can't remember." I'm a little I'll be like, Oh, okay, yes. It takes a minute, and that jarred me every once in a while, especially when it was a really lazy name change, like Laurent to Lauren, like that sort of thing. Really did like kind of take me out of the text. I do think if, if you view it as a separate property, it's a cuter, sweeter story yeah. and it's more digestible than uh, teen gothic romance. Like I'll give like I would certainly grant you that. I think I also am one of the readers who's like, OK, but you did this, but you're not working on Midnight Sun yet. Huh? <laughs> not going back to that one yet, which. Well, we're working on Midnight Sun. <laughs> Because... Oh, I'm working so hard. <laughs> no, so I, uh, yeah, I got through a lot of it before I and realized. And you're writing comments doing. to me about it. And I'm like, has she gotten to a part of life or death that I haven't gotten to yet? Because I don't. <laughs> I was so surprised that you didn't love the things that I was loving. And now you will. <laughs> the specific things that I pointed out, I think you will agree with. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that next week. Because I, uh, I like, uh, I am glad to have read this one just because i also was not aware of it like i just didn't know she'd ever done this that's awesome uh yeah that's made me awesome. so happy that she did well i can't wait for next week as we bring this experiment to a close mm -hmm. and uh we have other plans we have plans friends don't worry so we'll talk about that next time we have such plans for you uh, but but christy uh who are we saying goodbye to that's a great question and i cannot think of anyone to say goodbye to this week. Uh, let's say goodbye to, uh, I guess this is our chance to say goodbye to Char Charlie. Okay, I don't know. I'm, we could say goodbye to Charlie if you would like. Let's say goodbye to Charlie. No matter what universe we're in, mustache dad <laughs> remains. Goodbye, Charlie. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye, Charlie. <laughs>